Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. Today I interviewed Shani Safir, who is a massage therapist, and we had a really interesting conversation about self-care and how physical touch can be a really powerful form of self-care. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Please subscribe to my podcast as well as my YouTube channel. And if you are looking to make peace with food and learn the principles of intuitive eating and the practices of self-care, go to my website, www.gilaglassberg.com. There you can find a form to fill out to schedule a free 20-minute call to get to know me and see if I am a good fit to help you with this. Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay, hi everybody. Thanks for joining me again on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, and today I have Shani Safir. Hi, Shani. Hi, Gila. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for joining us. So, Shani, you are a massage therapist, which I know, but mm-hmm. for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, where you live, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks so much. Um, so, first of all, I know Gila through her sister, Sima. Someone's great. Um, we love her. And I love you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known you for, I don't know, like a couple of years. Yeah. Like maybe no, we're old now. Maybe like 10 years. Um, yeah. Um, I work as a massage therapist. I'm licensed. I went to school in New York. It's a two-year program. Um, and primarily I work with women in our community in the five towns, greater New York area, like New York City. Um, and... I work to help women feel their best, whether it's physically, um, stress relief, um, things like that. Um, And I really, really love what I do. I really enjoy what I get to do every day. Um, I learn every year. You know, I take also, like, you know, from my experiences and these continuing education courses, um, there's really, like, a lot more to it than I ever realized. But my goal primarily was always to give to our community and specifically to the women in our community and really help them um, live their best life. And this is how I'm doing it. With That's, my great. That's great. So how did you become interested in massage therapy? So I was actually always interested in it from a young age and I got kind of turned off from it. Like I was told to, you know, don't consider it. Like I was also at the time thinking of living in Israel. This is when I was like, you know, young and dumb. Um, not that it's dumb to live in Israel, but it, it wasn't in the cards for me at the time. But I was like, thinking I could live there, and there was someone was telling me, like, not in this community. I'm a massage therapist. doesn't work for me. So I tabled it. Not for me. Went to 
school, got my bachelor's, um, again, in a helping field, I wanted to be a therapist. Um, and then after I got my bachelor's, I became a case manager, and I just saw how I wasn't happy, it wasn't fulfilling, it wasn't, you know, the goal of being a therapist, but the sitting and the interviewing and the talking um, wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, and I really wasn't sure if I should go back for my master's. I was thinking maybe I would pursue research. That was always fascinating to me. Um, I'm a big chassid of Brene Brown. Um, so all that stuff was like very interesting to me. Um, but then again, like it's the kind of career that a lot of people in school were saying it's like the whispering career. Like a lot of people, like they always thought about it. They always like, you know, appreciated that style of, of helping, of giving, um, and, you know, there's a lot of people in my school that were in their 50s that this was like, you know, their second career that they were like, you know, I worked in a doctor's office, I worked as a teacher, and now I'm trying this again. It was, it's just, it's the kind of thing that, that whispers to you. So that was definitely it. Um, when I got married, my husband was very supportive of me going back to school. And like before I knew it, I was enrolled and and, and starting the journey. That's awesome. That's also inspirational just because like I also like have my own business and my own practice and like. I remember I was talking to you about it. Like, yeah. You remember, like, how to use Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't really, I still don't really know how to use Facebook. And it's, like, scary, like, when you're doing something, like, it's, it's a little bit off the beaten path, because, like, most from girls, you know, Orthodox girls are OT, PT, C, yeah. you know, it's, like, harder. Yeah. It's also a great um, career that's flexible. If you work for yourself, or even if you don't, it's not a classic nine-to-five you know, Monday through Friday, like I, for me, I make my own hours that are really great for me. Um, and for, you know, evening appointments, I make sure they're after bedtime. So yeah, for the classic from woman and her family life, like this is perfect, you know? Um, but what was the question that you said? Like, no, I didn't say a question. I said like, it's off the beaten path and it's good. Like as an entrepreneur, like, Oh yeah. So about that actually in school, I was nervous because I, I didn't really realize what I was getting myself into 100% um, until I got there and I saw that there's a lot of hands-on classes, mm -hmm. practical classes, and there were men in my class. And mm -hmm. as an Orthodox woman who practices modesty, I was a little scared to tell my teachers, like, you know, I won't be able to work on men. I won't be worked on by them. And I also... I keep laws of modesty to the point where I don't want them to see me uncovered because we would work on each other, like real massages. Mm. They were so accommodating. Wow. I had, you know, a partition. I also only made sure to have female professors for those classes. Mm. But yeah, talk about off the beaten path. <laughs> they were like setting up like a machitza for me. And wow. I was respectful towards my classmates and they were so respectful towards me. Right. I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. It was, it was really great. I actually had it also when I was in school for nutrition. We had to take like cooking classes in Queens College. I had to take three classes. Mm. And mm. Um, the first time I took a class, I think I was the only Jewish girl. My professor was like, not happy. Yeah, it was really weird. Like she was like, you have to taste the food. I'm like, I literally can't. And then this, by the second class, there were so many from girls. It was like growing like very fast. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my professor saying, no, you could eat. We dipped, we dunked the, we dunked the dishes. Don't worry, we dunked them. I'm like, um, I still can't eat. But yeah, they were. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they did try. They did try. So 
That's that. So I wanted to bring you on actually, because, you know, I teach intuitive eating. I'm an intuitive eating counselor. And one of like, <laughs> you, you love intuitive eating. We've spoken about it, but also one of like the, I guess the main theme probably of intuitive eating is self-care and how just to not to knock anyone, but just like when you're in, when you're on a diet and when you're restricting or even when you're not restricting, but you're off the diet and you're using food to cope. I see this all the time with clients that food either restricting or overeating becomes like their only form of self-care and wow. yeah interesting that's like the only way they're paying attention to themselves well if you're not practicing like adequate self-care i wouldn't even say good i would say adequate food could become much more rewarding because if you're using if you're enjoying your food and getting pleasure from it and it's the only source of pleasure throughout the day then you'll probably become more food seeking because you're not meeting some other need. I know it's very sad. It's not like I can't relate. I, I don't think I ever had an obsession, but I think any woman in any society definitely feels pressure to limit and to withhold and, and, and make it a focal point. Right. But yeah, so on the topic of self-care, 100%, that fits in 100% to what I do just talking to a client this morning actually about how I ran a giveaway one time and I said um, you know I want you to nominate someone because when I wanted to announce the winner I would say so-and-so won for this person I said you can nominate someone you can nominate yourself and a lot of people took that to mean like like make a plug for yourself of like why this person or why you deserve it it was a random I entered all the names into like this you know website but a lot of people thought it was like a good opportunity to like make their case so many people wrote, I never take care of myself. Like, this would be amazing for me. Like, why are you showing off that you don't take care of yourself? Right. I think, I think there's like, you know, maybe more so in our community. Maybe we see it more in our community because we're in it. But there's this like um, ideal of like forgoing your needs. And we tell stories of these martyred women who put themselves last you know, as if we're supposed to like look up to them and also emulate them when like if they could accomplish that happily, it's not for us to right. follow their footsteps for sure, right. you know, as human beings. Right. I think a lot of women struggle with this and I, I know a lot of women struggle with this because I see it in my office all the time. But yeah. talk to me about the women who do come to you to get massages. Are mm -hmm. they like, are they desperate? Have they reached their breaking point? Are they more self-aware? Like, how does that work? That's a great question. Um, so I say it's half and half. Some people come to me and, you know, they think like, oh, I've been pushing this off for years. My body's like this, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm pushing this off for years. Fix it. <laughs> like, it, I have to be honest, it, it will take, you know, a couple of sessions and also, you know, stretching. I'll, I'll guide them on what they can do at home with, you know, heat and stretching and, and proper sleeping habits. Um, but, um, yeah, we have, I have some people that, make it they're like I know that I work myself too hard this is my treat once a week once a month um, this is what I do for myself and then some people come you know when it's when it's too late and then some people also like will start the process of making an appointment and then throw their phone in the river and like never talk to me again because yeah. you know, it's really really hard to pull the trigger on taking care of yourself it's really really hard they like you know I struggle with it too there's been times where I'm this thing on my neck. My husband's like, make an appointment. I'm like, right. 
don't know. <laughs> you know, there's this pressure to just like go and go and go and go. And even me, who believes in it so so much, it it could we really have to, you know, to me, I look at it like we have to prioritize respecting our bodies. Um, whether it's the food that we put into it, you know, how and when and what, um, when we put ourselves to bed at night, and how we how we take care of our pain also as well. Why do you think women like it's so second nature to like push off push off like basic I'm not even massage is like another level. I'm talking about like basic, yeah. you know? Oh. Um I don't know. It I feel like there's so many variables. Um, a lot of it is the self-talk that we give ourselves from what we heard growing up. Um, not to bring up this, you know, we always bring this up in conversations, but um, a lot of us are, are children of traumatized Holocaust survivor, children of, you know, like we're the grandchildren of, of, uh, of people that were raised by people who were severely traumatized. So they in many ways did not know how to give over healthy messages. Right. Uh, they didn't have normal childhoods. They had traumatizing childhoods. And um, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of our priorities got, got mixed up there. But also I think that kind of in the schooling system, especially like in the Beis Yaakov schooling system, there is this like push to, to look at these women who like gave everything for their family and never, you know, they would prepare food for their family and they'd forget to eat and they'd faint and it was so holy, like, right. the right. but like, things like that that are really like put on a pedestal that to me, you know, I think it's important maybe if we're going to talk about people like that to say like, and that was because they were built differently. Right. And, you know, we're going to say, wow, that was special for them. But we have to understand that we need to act like human beings and, and, and be real with ourselves. Yeah, I actually want to say something on this um, for, like, listeners, because I think that it's, yeah. like, I'm always so, like, I always feel so torn about this, because, like, on the one hand, like, you know, you come straight out of seminary, and you hear a lot of these messages, like, be about there, give, and I don't, I don't think there's yeah. anything, but I don't think there's anything wrong inherently in wanting to do chesed, wanting to be about there. I just think that, that we maybe are missing one point where, like, there's a big part of, like, getting to know yourself and getting to know your limits. And if yes. can give it's temperament, knowing what yes. your personality needs to thrive and right. what your personality gains from giving, like right. what's your love language? How do you yes. give? How do you receive? Totally. So, yeah. Absolutely. I always talk about that with my clients. Actually, like I actually did a podcast episode, I think by myself, it was about choices. And I realized mm -hmm. that like through a bunch of like different books and I guess therapeutic modalities, like, like the, the five love languages and, the Four Tendencies, I read that book by Gretchen Rubin, and um, yeah. Awareness by Miriam Adahan. Like, if you yes, don't... The Enneagram is like... Yeah. Uh, I have it on my coffee table. I read it every Shabbos. Really? I love it. I love it. My sister, I have another sister who's like that. She's like, oh, you're such a four. Like, and ever anyone's talking, there, like, she's like, oh, she's a two. I'm like, you're hysterical. You think everyone... Like, she thinks in terms of numbers. It's really funny. But it's important, like, if you know, if you know, like, your tendency or, like, your personality type or whatever, like sometimes giving like fuels you like it really like it, it like empowers you and sometimes it drains you or certain people drain you and like I don't I just don't think that's what Hashem wants for you to you know you know I think when I talk to clients a lot about like boundaries as a form of self-care they're like I can never do it it's so mean I'm like but they're being mean to you like they're yeah. you know like it's okay like wait I yeah. think the permission like 
and and I think also just on the topic of massage, it's like funny how like for a while it was like self in the, in social media, self care, self care, self care, and now everyone's like it doesn't have to just be massages, it doesn't have to just be bubble baths, but like I kind of mm-hmm. want you to talk to the listeners about like how massage maybe you don't have to do it every week or every month, but what does it like do for someone's body and like their stress level and like what's going on in their body that they need this type of touch, let's say. Great question. Okay, so multiple answers. Um, Number one is we talked about love languages. So one thing I think for a lot of people, their love language or one of their love languages is physical touch. It doesn't need to be intimate and it doesn't need to be romantic. Right. But one form of self-care that you can love yourself with is by receiving touch in a healthy, safe environment. And I think for, for me, myself, receiving a massage sometimes when I, especially like when I need it, helps me feel more like me. I walk out, I feel like I'm reset, you know? And I know a lot of people, when they walk out, I always ask them like, so how do you feel? And they'll say, I feel like a new woman. So cute. <laughs> it, really has that, it has that ability to just like re- give you a nice reset. Um, and the other thing is that I feel like it's so important to create that environment um, it's not just muscle manipulation. It's, to me, it's, you know, the big picture. I want to give someone that quiet space to really just, like, kind of zone out, but zen, <laughs> in a zen way. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel comfortable, non-judged. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, this about my body. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry my shoulders are tight. Right. <laughs> You know, I'm here for you, right? You're not here for me. Right, right. <laughs> this is a client-based, a completely client-based um, type of environment. Um, and yeah, that's, it, it can really, it can really change someone's entire body perspective, I think also, because I think also, you know, some people say like, you gain self-esteem by doing things that create esteem. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like this is an act of self-respect. You respect your body. This is a way of taking care of your body, of feeling, you know, physical pleasure, and it's healthy, and it's promoting, you know, all these healthy things in your body, and it's just like a way to give respect to yourself. Yeah, I'm well, not sure. If that's still, the answer to your question. No, that's great. No, no, <laughs> it's great. I was, I was gonna say that in my practice. Um, so many people struggle with their bodies and I don't just mean like body image I mean like embodying their bodies like they don't they maybe sometimes when they're eating they disassociate there's many many yeah. reasons yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so like so like um I remember Rena Riser she's also an intuitive eating counselor she's like when we were talking about this one she's like gentle dance or yoga could really help you embody your body and I've been doing a lot of like research on this and it's really really interesting that like um certain things like intuitive eating let's say counseling is very um it's like talk therapy but like other types of things are like experiential like you're literally feeling something in your body and that's you can't compare that to like having a conversation with someone so like even massage is a way to feel your body or feel good in your body in a safe way like you said even in a non-intimate way it's just yeah physical touch and i, and I want to say one more thing i took a parenting class this year by sima spetner nice yeah she said that when you're with your children when they're home they need to be touched by you um i think she said once every hour or something like that 
Wow. Just like rub their back, hold their hand, squeeze their finger. And she said something really funny that I wanted to say on a podcast. I just never fit in. She said like, if you take something from your child and you just squeeze their finger a little to show that you're like touching them, um, that can even do the trick. And she's like, so many women tell me like, squeeze their finger. Like they won't even notice. And she's like, if some man comes to your house and drops off a package and he hands you something and then he squeezes your finger, you will definitely notice if he squeezes your finger, right? (laughs) not someone's mother but okay no but let's say but but she's just she's just saying that like even a small thing right like it is different you know right wow and there she was saying that that helps with the transition of like you taking like something out of their hands no she was saying that for baseline um like well-being for a child she was give she gave a bunch of different things if they're handing something to you even just a squeeze of a finger can make that can give them that tactile feeling. Right, because like even my own therapist, we were talking about this once because she said she went to like a Nefesh conference, which is mm-hmm. something, some big conference for therapists in the firm community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was saying that um, that there's so much talk in our community about like unsafe touch and like teaching our children about unsafe touch that yeah. we're kind of traumatizing the kids about what about safe touch? And what about when people get married and they're touched? And what about all of us, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, by the way, just to circle back, you mentioned boundaries, one of my favorite topics. Um, fascinated by it. There's an excellent, excellent book that someone recommended to me that I literally like keep lending out and I have to buy new ones. I don't know who has my copies. Um, there's a book called Where to Draw the Line. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating. It is so great. It's practical. It just gives you clarity. Like everyone that I lent it to said that it woke them up to say like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and it's supportive and empowering, all good things. So, who wrote it? Do you know who wrote it? I think her name is Anne Catherine, or Mary Catherine. Okay, we'll get the name, and I'll put it in the show notes if people want to. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, great to the line. It's so, so good. My friend um, Jenna recommended it, and I haven't stopped recommending it since. So that's yeah. really great. And, yeah, knowing, also, like you were saying, like knowing your number, Knowing what your body needs. Right. You know, some people ask me, like, what do you recommend? Do you recommend 45 minutes or an hour and a half? And I say, it's really what you tolerate. It's really, you know, also your budget. It's also mm-hmm. your, your time availability. It's really what you think you need. Obviously, I think the more time, the better I can accomplish more. You know, you don't have to come back as quickly. Right. I can accomplish more in an hour and a half, especially if you want a full body experience. But some people, like, at the end of the massage, they're like, oh yeah, and I have this like horrible pain, like they're so not in touch with their bodies, or right. sometimes there could be so much going on that oh, I forgot to mention also that, but you know, it's, so, it, it's hard for us to be in touch with our bodies and to know like what we need, and I love what you said about good touch. It's, it's so important to also promote the healthy aspect of it because it's like neutral and evil. What about positive? What about holy? What about special? What about feels good? Right. Enjoyable. Right. So that's actually what you're talking about with like getting to know your body is very much in line with like intuitive eating because with intuitive eating, we learn like where we feel hunger in our body and what, what ravenous hunger feels like versus regular hunger and what fullness feels mm-hmm. like versus stuff. And with it, with diet culture, we don't like really learn that. It's just like eat yeah. this at this time and that's it. And it's really yeah. important to get to know your body because otherwise you can't give your body what you need, what it needs if you don't know yeah. what it needs. Mm-hmm. I used to have a friend who works 
so hard. And I used to come in, did you eat yet? She's like, no, it's okay. And I'd like bring her half my lunch. I'd be like, you sit down right now. Right, right. <laughs> and she's like, thank you for feeding me. Now she moved, so um, someone else has to feed her. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I've actually tell my clients, like, you could eat before your kids. It's okay. And they're like, no, I can't. I'm like, I'm telling you, tell your kids, mommy is going to be a better mommy if she eats before them. And they, they get it. They totally get it. And they learn also from us, like, how we take care of ourselves is how they learn to take care of themselves. Yes. Yes, they do. 100%. Best. They learn the most through osmosis, through seeing our example. Right. Also, I'm sure you know this very well i'm sure you've talked about this how we talk about our bodies definitely you know, i am not expecting but my daughter would love to have a baby love she's three and a half her friends have babies she wants her baby sister already and she knows that when the tummy is big that's when right there's a baby in the tummy right so for people i know that people who have a lot of body image issues Will, will, will be like very insulted if someone thinks that they're expecting and they're not. Right. I know what my body looks like. I I know that sometimes I put on weight in my in my gut. <laughs> um, and thank God, like I'm for the most part like very at peace with it. I also exercise like you know to try to be in shape. I try not to restrict my diet um, to the point where like I'm unhappy. Um, I really like food. I really 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 like food <laughs> i love cooking i love going out um but anyway my daughter said to me yesterday she's like mommy i think i see your tummy's getting a lot bigger i was like oh that's so sweet actually you know sometimes daddy's tummies are bigger sometimes mommy's tummies are bigger too just means i had a really good lunch right right i love that it's really important. and i didn't take her like you don't talk about bodies like that you know like right right shame her for making an innocent, you know? Yeah, so you were saying about, sorry, about your no. daughter. I think it's so beautiful, by the way, to give them that, like we were saying about before, it doesn't have to be like evil or neutral. It can be positive. Like, just like I, I interviewed Body Image with Brie. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know her on Instagram, but she was saying like, we could teach our kids. Yeah, we could teach our kids like fruits have all different colors and all different shapes and all different sizes and like, so do people and like just it's really important that we like neutralize like and make things positive for our kids and for ourselves also yeah i want her to see that i'm a flawed human being but i also you know it helps me grow to realize like what messages do i want her to have you know i don't want her to be obsessed with her the way she looks i try to keep things like as chill as possible i don't want to you know we by the way i said like you know, I wasn't going to yell at her, like, we don't talk about bodies like that. It happens to be, like, you know, as an outspoken three-and-a-half-year-old, she does make comments like, that man looks funny. Right. And she's also with, like, a severe cross-eye. Right. Um, so she does know, like, I, I'll remind her quietly, like, we really don't talk about other people's bodies out loud. If you have something to say that's interesting to you, you could whisper it to mommy. We don't want anyone to ever feel bad. It might embarrass them. If you're talking about the way they look, they might not want you to talk about that. So she understands that. But in terms of the, you know, the way she like, you know, mushes into me and says like, oh, your tummy is a pillow to me. Like, I'm so happy that she feels comfortable with my body. And I want her to see that like, I love myself and I love my body too. And sometimes I'm pushing myself to say that. And I'm like, not feeling the love. Right. But what do I want her to, you know, it's all about what do I want her to think? And what do I want her to grow up 
what the message is with, you know, what messages do I want her to grow up with? Right. Of course, you're not going to have every day you're going to feel beautiful and amazing and perfect in your body, but like, um, no. that's like, like, I think, sorry, I'm quoting Brie a lot, but she said like, just like with our husbands or like any relationship, like we don't always have perfect days. It's the same thing with our body and our body is the relationship we have for our whole lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes she'll be there when I'm getting dressed and I'm getting frustrated. Nothing fits the way it used to, or, you know, just yesterday that fit fine. And today, like, you know, like I say, like, Oh, getting, feeling frustrated that things aren't fitting the way I like. I'm going to try to calm myself down and find something that fits today. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Because most yeah. of my clients tell me like, but what about nothing fitting me? I'm like, that's really, really hard. And I totally, totally get it. But like, that doesn't mean something's wrong with your body. That's yeah. not what it means. You know? Yeah. And we get those messages gone. Yes. A hundred percent. All that self-talk that, you know, it's, it came from somewhere else. And now it's coming from us. And same thing with like, would you let someone like just a, a lot of been thinking about this week is just like how we respect ourselves. Like, would you let someone disrespect you like that? Would you feel good if someone said to you, like, you look so bad in this, like, oh, you should have never bought that. Like, right. wouldn't you feel better if someone said like, oh, this doesn't fit right now. Let's fold it up and fold it up nicely and, and put it to the side and try something that fits you so that you could just get through the day, you know, feeling respectable, but speak to yourself in such a negative, like, berating way like we need to show ourselves respect to feel respected right it's true I always say that like the only thing I don't let on your plate is like shame and guilt I love when you say that yes yeah and I just I think I spoke about this with a client yesterday I'm like you see how like how much more toxic the negative self-talk is than the sugar like maybe maybe you want to pick something else to eat but like if it comes with guilt and shame like that's even worse for you like and we know that we just see like if the way that we talk to ourselves and the toxic negative self-talk it's like it literally and I, I wonder if you could just tell everyone maybe like I don't know how much you know about this but like I know that like we store negativity in our body like I know that like if we talk if we're speaking to ourselves 90% of the day negatively that's being stored. it's all there one thing that they love to say in school is the issue is in the tissue you know muscle tissue right, right. Um, I definitely have had clients not all the time um, people tend to be a little bit more private which is totally fine but I have had clients that have said like "Ooh, I'm actually about to cry mm -hmm. uh, one of my first clients was going through a family crisis and um, I offered her a massage it was before I finished school um, but I knew this was like a way that I could help her just really like feel good and kind of like zone out and take care of herself, you know, for that moment. Um, and she was bawling and I asked her if she wanted me to stop. And I, you know, at first I gave her some space and I said, do you want me to continue? Do you want me to stop? And she was like, no, you can continue. And I just continued gently just taking care of her. And she was like, wow, that was so therapeutic. It didn't change the fact that there was an actual crisis going on, but she was able to get in touch with those feelings and really just finally face them. And, you know, I think it in that safe, non-judgmental environment. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of people think that um, by ignoring issues, I mean, much less so nowadays. I feel like there's so much information out there that people are reading. But people think that, like, you know, sometimes if I ignore the problem, it'll go away. But it goes somewhere. Yeah. And it 
you know, and my clients, it's here, it's here, <laughs> there, it's the lower back, right? It, you know, and, and that's why I think people walk out feeling like a different person. There's like issues addressed, you know? Yeah. And they get, you know, we do a lot of deep breathing work. I like to let people like really breathe it out, you know? And there's um, an acupressure point in Chinese medicine right over here that's like kind of the seat of a lot of emotions. And towards the end of the massage, I'll put my finger here and here and we'll breathe in and we'll breathe out. And like, they're like, whoa, I just felt a real release. Like, yeah, we do store a lot of our pain in our body for sure. Uh, do you know about like EFT tapping? Yes, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, so like sometimes I'll teach a client that or I'll do it on myself and it's like really interesting how we store so much emotion in like our bodies and just learning to feel, letting ourselves feel the emotion and like mm -hmm. learning how to process it is so important. Otherwise, mm -hmm. our bodies are just holding it. Yeah, you know, so many of my clients, I realized like, you know, after working, you know, throughout the year, like, wow, everyone's got TMJ, everyone's clenching. I mean, especially this year, we're right. all going through like weird life, right. the world's on fire. Um, you know, you're tense, you're just gonna clench your jaw, you're stressed out. People tell me, they're like, I don't even realize it half the time. It's like during the day, I'm like, wow, I got this headache. Oh, it's coming from right over here. Yeah. You know, it, it's not always, you know, we have to be aware that we're stressed first. Um, Daniel Tiger has some excellent breathing techniques <laughs> that, you know, um, I've learned um, with my daughter. But no, really, breathing techniques, first being aware that you're stressed. Sometimes even five minutes mm -hmm. of breathing, you know. I tell people, like, it's not only massage. It's any sort of, like, pause that you can give yourself. Yeah, totally. I think that's amazing. Like, I haven't been doing it in a while, but for a while I was, like, meditating for 10 minutes a day and I really did I was actually doing Tippy Gross's um I can link that also here she had like a she had like um a meditation a, a money meditation during the corona when corona just started and I it was a 40-day thing and I did it I, I think I skipped like one or two days but I caught it up and it was like for 40 wow. days for Pesach and it was like it was like I set an alarm on my phone or whatever and I, I, I feel like I couldn't do 10 minutes but I repeated like the whatever the every day was a different thought. It's like a mantra and a. It was a little hard. I'm not gonna lie, but like I got I got like really attached to it. I like I wish I was still doing it, but yeah, like I was just thinking about that today. Like if I, I tell my clients all the time, like set alarms. I'm very into alarms and like just to help you remember because it's it's not to beat yourself up that you're not doing it, but just to help you have some sort of a system to remember to take care of yourself because we all forget. Yeah, 100%, which is why I think if not massage, then, you know, like you were telling me earlier, a date with a friend. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. A walk. Mm -hmm. uh, set an alarm in your calendar. If you don't yeah. have a calendar in your phone, get one. The Google right. Calendar is excellent. I love my Google Calendar. Um, but set an alarm for something that also that you want to do, a right. form of self that you like. Same thing with, like, you know, like you said, you come back from seminary and you and you feel like you have to be everyone's doormat. Find a way to give that is enjoyable to you. Not everyone's gonna want to go to the nursing home. Right. What about watching someone's kids? What about shopping for someone? Right. What about sadaka? What about raising money? There's a million things to do, and it's not always the one. You know. Right. You don't have to like work at Camp Simcha to be an amazing person. You could be an amazing person working for money for like zero, like 
at a day camp, you know, right. like there's right. so many different ways to give and there's so many different ways to take care of yourself in ways that speak to you. Right. I was actually going to yeah. say before that, like, I don't really like getting a massage. Like, I don't really like it. And love language, oh. um, quality time is my love language. So, like, when I figured that out, I was like, oh, going out with a friend, going out about myself, like, whatever. But I do tell people about the love languages. And if their love mm-hmm. language is physical touch, massage is, like, amazing for that. Mm-hmm. Or also, if physical touch is your love language, yoga is also excellent. Right. Because you're, you're giving yourself that physical movement. You can right. really feel the really good muscle stretching and it's in a loving gentle way um and for some people maybe like pushing themselves more with like more cardio or pilates type of exercise is good too but i think um aside from massage for physical touch i think yoga is excellent i heard swimming is also for physical touch yes 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 yes, yes. um so let's let's end here but i just wanted you to if you could end and give like the listeners one tip or two tips that they could do by themselves you said breathing um, what mm-hmm. about maybe the pressure points or is there anything you tell your clients to do at home, like on a daily or weekly basis? So one thing that I always mention is that just something that people might not know about massage or muscles in general is that muscles become more pliable. This is like a very technical idea. Muscles become more pliable with moisture, moist heat. Okay. So sometimes I can create heat with certain techniques and that will help them, you know, release before I do like deeper work. But for yourself, when you're home, you take a shower every day anyway. While you're in the shower, take advantage of that moisture, take advantage of that heat, and that's what you could use to stretch and really give yourself like a lot of comfort in your shoulders and neck. I tell people that have sinus issues, this is also a big one, if anyone's watching, you yeah. have stretches with your neck. I'll show you right now. These stretches are excellent, and they always want to for sinuses, there's a there's a nerve back here that when it's compressed by the neck muscles from being too tight, it can cause a lot of issues with your sinuses. So who interesting. knew, right? So interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so that's something that like is just so easy to recommend to my clients. I'm like you don't you you're welcome to come here, but right. for in between or you know if you wanna give up coming altogether, um, you could really take care of yourself in many ways. Although massages beautiful and helpful as well. Right. I'm actually going to try that and tell clients that it's a really good tip about when you're in the shower, like utilizing the heat anyways. Yeah. Also for people that have a hard time, like making time for things, I say to them, you're in the shower anyway. Right. Right. (laughs) Also like count to 30. It doesn't need to be like overwhelming amount of time, like count to 30, count to 60. It shouldn't take so long. Don't forget to breathe. Breathing is so important. Um, what else do I recommend? Um, that's really like the biggest recommendation. I'll, depending on the muscle group that needs attention, I'll, I'll, I'll show them stretches that they can do on their own. Because um, also, like, um, at the end of the day, I'm here to help. So if I can empower them to take care of themselves, I'm super happy to do that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and, and really, like, if anyone, you know, very often, like, people will talk to me about what's going on, why they're stressed, why they're tense. Right. Um, Sometimes we'll talk through, it's always so different though, different things um, to do to take care of themselves. Or sometimes I'm just a listening ear. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a big yeah, that's okay. part of Yeah. Okay, so where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram, um, at Massage by Shani. Um, I also have a Massage by Shani Facebook page. 
Um, and you could link my phone number as well. Okay. Anyone has any questions, not even to book, if anyone just has any questions. Okay, awesome. I'm going to link that all in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so great. Thank you so much. I love talking to you. Me too. It was so great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Bye. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.